0: You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Okay, okay. I need somebody in the room to please let me know if they came here tonight, not just for the nine square, not just for the free pizza, not just for the incredible worship, but you came to hear God. Make some noise if that's you tonight. Yes? Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. If that's you, if you came tonight, if you find yourself here and you came to hear a word from God for you, I'm here to tell you you're in the right place. Okay? You came to the right place. I've got a word for you guys that I've been digging into, I've been meditating on, I've been praying about, and I'm so excited to deliver it to you guys. Um, But I got to tell you, like always, uh, in tonight's message, there's going to be a time in it where we read a pretty chunky part of Scripture. But I figured that would be okay because I know I'm with my New Song students, and we like our messages chunky, right? We like our messages chunky. If it's your first... (laughs) If, you're, if it's your first time here tonight and you're like, what in the world is Pastor Jackson talking about? Basically what it means when we say that is when we, when we sit under the word, when we hear a message, we don't like just a little sprinkle verse right there and sprinkle a verse here. No, we'll take God's word extra large. So that means that like we're okay with reading a good chunk of scripture. Look to your neighbor, let them know you can keep your kid's meal. Look to your other neighbor, let them know I'll take it extra large. You can keep your kids' meal here at New Song Students. We're going to take God's word extra large. Somebody say amen for me. Okay, so with all that being said, we're going to get into a passage, uh, and we're going to read the whole thing tonight. We're going to read the whole passage. It's going to be a lot, so I need you guys to hang in with me. It's found in Galatians chapter 2. If you're taking notes or if you brought a Bible with you, Galatians chapter 2, verse 6 but we're not going to get into there for, for a second, so you don't have to like, go there right yet. We're going to be there in a little bit. But before we get into that, um, if it's your first time tonight or if you missed out last week, you weren't here last week, we are currently in a series that we started called Squad Goals. We're in a series called Squad Goals. And in this series, what we're doing is we're focusing and we're looking on what God's Word has to say about Biblical friendship. We're looking and diving into what God's word has to say about your squad, your posse, your crew, your girls, your homies, your gang—whatever you want to call whatever you want to call the people that you do life with, the people that you would consider your friends. We're looking at what God's word has to say about that, um, and I want to ask this question again. I asked this question last week. How many of you in the room tonight, you would agree with me or you would say, yeah, for the most part, I want to have good friendships in my life. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah. I think every hand should probably be up. I think we'd all agree we want to be friends with and be the friend who is an encourager, who loves us. We want to be surrounded with people who Point us in the right direction. We want to be surrounded with people who, when it, when we call them, when we need them, right, they're going to pick up, right? They're going to pray for us. They're not just going to say, yeah, I'm going to pray for you and forget about it. You know those people? You ever been that person? Yeah. We're all guilty of that. But we, I think we'd all agree we want to have good friends. But sometimes we don't find ourselves around good friends. We don't find ourselves being a good friend. Um, and so we want to see what God's word has to say about that because the truth is, There is truth to friendship. There's a right way to do friendship and there's a wrong way to do friendship. And thankfully, God's word, which, side note, God's word is, if you're a Christian in the room, is your starting point for truth. It's not like your last resort. It's not the thing you go to when you've already Googled it and asked your friend's opinion and looked at what culture has to say about an issue. No, no, no. If you're a Christian in the room, Guess what? God's word is your starting point, right? So if that's you tonight and you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, then we're going to look at God's word because that's our starting point. That's truth. And we're going to see what it has to say about friendship because the truth is it says a lot about friendship. God's word is filled to the brim. In fact, I love, it's so good. It's such a testimony to how good God is. God doesn't just like throw us on the earth. And then just like let us guess our way, guesstimation and estimation, our way into truth. Now, he tells us pretty plain and simple, this is what I want for you. And so we can look in God's word and see what his heart is for friendship. And so last week, um, if you weren't there, we kicked off this series looking at the best friend who could have ever modeled friendship. You probably heard about him before. His name's Jesus. Ever heard about him before? Okay, I'm glad. Glad you guys have heard about that guy. We looked at Jesus and how he modeled friendship. And one of the things that he did for us was he showed us that he can be a friend of sinners without compromising himself and falling into sin. And so what we looked at is if we're ever gonna make the impact God's called us to make, which is go and make disciples, then that we have to become friends of sinners, right? Without compromise. And so that's what we talked about last week. But tonight... Ooh, I'm so excited about this message. I hope y'all are ready for this. Tonight is gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna actually kind of be, we're gonna be swinging the pendulum, looking at the other side of the spectrum when it comes to friendship. So to help explain this, there's a pastor that I really look up to and I like to follow. I listen to his messages a lot. His name's Nathan Finocchio. Really cool last name. It's like Pinocchio, but a little cooler. Nathan Finocchio, and he... He says this thing that I love. He says, truth is intention. Look at your neighbor and say, truth Truth. is intention. intention. Truth is intention. And when he talks about this, he's talking about it in this sense. You know, in today's day and culture, um, a lot of Christians, they they, want to highlight and emphasize the fact and the truth that God is love. How many would you agree with me that God is love, right? 100%. God is love. But sometimes if we overemphasize that, then we can read in the Bible about how God is also a judge and how God also has created the, the universe in a way that that's a, there's a standard and there's a way he's called it to operate. And sometimes we like to throw that away because we want to just keep the fact that he's love and he's full of grace. And, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want because God's love and there's grace for, for you. Now, hear me. Obviously. God is 100% love, right? Like, you, New Song student in this room right now, sitting in this chair, you don't even understand how much God loves you. Like, I have not come to the full understanding of how much God loves me. It's endless. But you know what else is true about God? One day he's gonna judge all of us. He's a judge. And we have to hold both truths in our hands. We can't just choose one and not choose the other because it makes us uncomfortable. Both are true. In both our intention, in in the same way, when we're talking about friends tonight, we're talking about a truth that's intention. Because last week we talked about how, hey, guess what? If you're going to be Christ-like, then you got to be friends with people who aren't Christ-like, right? We got to be friends with people who don't look exactly like us, and that's true. But on the other end of the spectrum, the other truth is this: the closer we get to people, the more deep a relationship gets. The truth is. We've got to be intentional about who those people are. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just be friends, best friends, with whoever we want to because Jesus was. The truth is, we have to be intentional about our friends. In fact, I, I wrote it like this. When a, friendship, when a friendship begins to grow deeper in time, trust, or influence. So if these things are growing with you in a person, you're starting to spend more time with them. You're starting to give more trust to them. The things that they say start to influence you more, the more that stuff starts to grow, the more we have to start asking questions, is this a friendship worth investing in? Does that make sense, New Song students? And the truth is about Jesus, this, this might shock you, Jesus actually didn't like, invest the same amount of time and energy into every single person. Like, Jesus was a friend of sinners, but he didn't invest the same amount of time to those people as he did to his disciples. And even in his disciples, there were people that he invested more time into than the other 12. There was 12 guys who hung out with Jesus, and they got an inside access to Jesus that nobody else did. But even in the 12, there was three guys, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus, if I'm just being honest with you, he wasn't fair with the amount of time he invested into them with the other guys. It's because of this truth right here. Proverbs 12:26 says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And so this is kind of what I want to talk about tonight, New Song students, how to, what we we did last week, we want to do that, but also be intentional with who our posse is, who our squad is, who are the people that we're doing life with and building something with. It's important to know who those are. And so tonight, if you're taking notes tonight, I struggled on the title of this message, I'm going to be honest, (laughs) because I like to get creative with the names of my messages, and I wanted to incorporate spank into this message, which which you're not going to understand yet. You're going to be like, i get it later. Right now, it doesn't make sense, though. So I was like, I can't do it. So the title of my message tonight is Dream Team. Everybody say "Dream Dream Team. Dream Team. Okay, before we get into it, though, let's pray. Let's invite God into this message, into this room. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for being a good, good God. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are so invested in our life. You are so much more invested in our every day, our every moment, more than we can even comprehend. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room tonight. We recognize that we're not just here to hear a good talk, We're not just here because it's what we do on a Wednesday night, but God, we're here for you. And so we welcome you in, and I just pray that you would speak through me tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on this message, and that you would just begin to open up eyes, that light bulbs would begin to go off through this message about our friendships and who you're calling us to do life with, who you're calling us to build with, and who you're not. Help us to do that tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Okay, okay. So many of you guys know this about me. I'm not, this is not a secret. I'm not, uh, I've definitely said this on the platform before. So most of you guys aren't going to be like, Jackson. Um, But most of y'all know this about me. I'm not the biggest fan of team sports. Shocker, shocker. I know. Okay, but hold on now. It's not that, it's not that I'm not a fan. Like I can totally appreciate the skill, the athleticism, even the entertainment, I like watching team sports. Like, I like watching football. I just spent the last two weeks watching as much Olympics as I possibly could. Anybody else? Um, so I, I, am, I appreciate team sports. I'm a fan of team sports. But when it comes to playing team sports, that just ain't my thing, y'all. Like, that just ain't my thing. In fact, um, some of you guys got to witness this firsthand. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, I'm going to share the story with everybody, though. A couple weeks ago, we went to camp, our first ever camp, at New Song Students, with New Song Students. And um, so everybody who went to camp, they knew what happened. For those of you who didn't, I'm going to bring you up to speed about what they're all laughing at me about. Like, rude people. Um, So... At the camp we went to, there was a there was team rallies and team games and we did all these things and one of the things that they had set up was they had volleyball and basketball tournaments going on all week long. So they that you know they had a list and you could build a team with whatever students and whatever leaders wanted to play. It was really dope. You could stack your team and try and make it to the top. And so all week long, volleyball tournaments, basketball tournaments are going on. I have no idea what's happening because I'm not really paying attention because, you know, it's me. And, um, we find ourselves at the last day of camp and I'm at the breakfast table. I don't know who I was sitting with, but I'm eating breakfast with some of my, some of my dudes, some of my new song students, guys, I'm just enjoying my nice like camp pancake and you know, the camp sausage link and the really bad coffee. We're just We're just having a good time, and um, uh, Josh, who is one of the youth pastors who's running the camp, he comes up to me. He grabs my shoulders. He's like, hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Doing good? Yeah, we're doing great, man. Having a great time. Loving camp. He's like, that's awesome. Hey, Jackson, hey, did you bring your basketball gear? I was like, my what? (laughs) He's like, dude, did you bring your basketball gear? And I was like, my what? What? did I bring my basketball gear? Do you know, what? He's like, did you bring like your shoes to play basketball? And I was flattered at the fact that he thought I played basketball. (laughs) I was like, dude, that's cool. You think I play basketball? Uh, I guess that's just something youth pastors do. But he's like, no, man, did did you bring your basketball stuff? I was like, dude, I don't play basketball. What are you talking about? I brought my camp stuff. I didn't bring my basketball (laughs) stuff. And he's like, that's okay. Um, So you know how there's basketball tournaments going on? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, tonight is the last night of the basketball tournament. And what we wanted to do was have the winning team of the tournament play against the youth pastors. And I was like, cool. And he was like, so you're one of our youth pastors. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) He's like, so, hey, we're playing this. He's like, we're playing the winning team tonight. It's going to be great. And I look at Josh and I'm like, dude, you don't want me on your team. And he's like, no, dude, it's going to be so much fun. I'll see you later. And he just walks off. And I was like so nervous, so nervous because I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that fails the team. And so all day long, all day long, I'm just thinking about this game that's going to happen at night because I'm nervous because I know I don't play basketball. And so I I start trying to like think about documentaries that I've seen about (laughs) basketball and I'm trying to like memorize how people shoot and anyway, so, so we, get to the, we get to the night. Oh, and by the way, so during the day, you know, I'm nervous, but like towards the middle of the day, I just started daydreaming. I started thinking, you know, how cool would it be if by like some act of God, we actually won? How cool would that be? So I start, I start daydreaming. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe we can win this game. So we get, to the, we get to the game. You know, we had an amazing service. We all walk over to the, to the basketball court. And I've got my entire New Song students' family cheering me on. And I'm like, I'm literally thinking, I'm thinking, I'm about to go onto this, this court. And I'm going to put my entire, I almost said field. Um, <laughs> that is just a testament to. Anyway, so we get there. And I'm like, I'm about to put all of myself onto this court. I'm going to give it my all because I want to win. I wanted to win. We did not win, y'all. I mean, te- okay, technically, so here's what happened. We got completely spanked. The, the, the guys that we were playing against that were in this tournament, I didn't realize until afterwards, but two of them were already, they already had D1 scholarships to, a, to play basketball at college. And so they're playing a bunch of old youth pastors and it literally was like 16 to 0. Every single shot they made was a three. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. And we we technically won because at the very end one of the youth pastors was like, "Hey, last shot wins." Somehow we made it. But like but we really Yes, thank you. But but we really didn't win, y'all. <laughs> I mean, we got spanked. It was it was embarrassing. Um, You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that story this week, uh, which, by the way, y'all loved on me so well. They like lifted me up, like I did something. It was great. But I was thinking about that that game, and I was thinking about sports. And you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but like when you watch sports, most of the time it's always the same thing. Why do we watch sports? The exciting thing about sports is that only one team wins. right? Yeah. That's why we watch sports, because when it, at the end of a game, it's not like, "Good job, everybody wins a participation grade." right? No, we watch sports. We watch sports because uh, the most exciting thing is seeing if a team has what it takes to win. You hear what I'm saying? Because here's the thing: every team in a competition, they have the same dream, right? Every single team that is playing a sport or that you're following, they all want to do one thing. And what is that? They want to win. Every team wants the same thing. But no matter what competition you're watching, only one team wins, right? Only one team wins. And here's why. If you're taking notes, write this down. You don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. You don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. You know, it's good to have a dream for your life. It's really good to know why you're placed on this earth that God's called you. Um, It's good to want to win, but at the end of the day, wanting to win doesn't make you win. (laughs) It's the people you're surrounded with, the team that you're surrounded with. And New Song students, I do have some good news for you tonight. God's got a dream for you. God's got a dream for you. He's called you to something. You're not on this earth by accident. I hope you know that tonight. You are not on this earth by accident. God has a purpose for you. You're called to shake the earth, to make disciples. If, if you're a person in this room and you would say that you've confessed that Jesus is your Lord, then guess what? You are called to win. You're called to win. You're called to make a difference. You're called to walk in God's favor. That is your calling, that you're meant to walk in that. And even though that's the calling for so many people, for every Christian. Many Christians don't actually find themselves experiencing this because they don't really have a team. They may have friends. They may have people they're doing life with, but they don't have a squad. They don't have a team. And, and tonight, I want to make sure that we all understand God's got a team for you. He's got a team that he's called you to. In fact, I heard a pastor say it like this the other day. He said, I don't, I, don't just want, or I don't just need friends to hang with. I need a squad to build with. I don't just need friends that I can hang out with that are just like me. And whenever I'm lonely, I can just text them and go hang out with them. Those, that's good to have. Trust me. I want you guys to have that. But even more than that, you don't just need friends to hang with. You need a squad to build with. You need a squad to build with. Um, and this means that check this out. This is a hard truth that we have to swallow. This means not everybody can be on your team. That doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, but that means not everybody can be on the team. And let's be honest. There may be some people on your team that you've placed as the quarterback position of your team. And let's be honest. They need to be the water boy on your team. I'm going to say that again because that was really good. There may be some friends in your life, some people in your life that you have placed in a very important role in your life. You've placed them as the quarterback role on your team, and they're not playing quarterback for you. They're really the water boy, right? And guess what? We don't need to ghost those people. We don't need to, like, kick them out and be like, you're not a part of my team anymore. We, don't need to be, we need to be Jesus to them. But that doesn't mean they have to be on your team. I wonder how many people are on our team that are not actually building something with us. We need to get intentional, New Song students, about who's on our team. Because Proverbs 12 says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully. Somebody say carefully. carefully. So, with that being said, I want to look at this story. We finally made it. Galatians chapter 2. Who's ready? Okay. For a second I was worried. We made it. We're going to look at this passage, um, and I think there's two things, two character traits, two qualities that need to be in every single person, not that we're friends with, but that's on our team. If they're on your team, if there's somebody that you would say, yeah, they have influence in my life, they need to have these two qualities in them. So we're going to look at this passage in Galatians chapter 2. It's an awkward passage. It's not awkward for us. It's awkward for the dude who's in the story. Because it's about a guy named Peter, and he gets spanked a little bit in this passage. This is why I wanted to call the, t- the, the message Spanked. Get spanked, but that's a little inappropriate. Wouldn't you say so? So, um, before, we, before we get into this passage, real quick, I want to give you some context for the book of Galatians. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up in this passage. Paul is writing the book of Galatians. The whole purpose of the book is to communicate this one truth. He's trying to tell people that Jesus alone is enough to save. Does that make sense? The reason why Paul is writing the entire book of Galatians is he's trying to let the early church know this one truth, understand this truth, that it's by Jesus alone that we're saved. And the reason why he's doing this is because early, early on, when the church was getting started, um, the church, when, when Paul writes this, hasn't even, been, hasn't even existed for 100 years yet. So super fresh. And, and Christianity is not even 100 years old yet. So Paul is writing this because early on in the church, um, there were a lot of Jewish people who converted to Christianity, and they thought that for anybody else who wanted to be a Christian, so any like a Gentile, which is anybody who is not a Jew, they believed that if you're a Gentile and you want to become a Christian, It's not just about receiving Jesus into your heart, but you also have to be a Jew. So they would tell Gentiles, hey, you're not a Christian until you get circumcised. You're not a Christian until you hold all of the feasts that we hold. You're not a Christian until you do all of the Mosaic law. You have to do all of these things, and if you do that, then you're a Christian. So Paul comes in, and he's like, hey, when you tell people, that they have to do all of these things to get saved, you know what you're doing is you're actually making Jesus's sacrifice pointless. So he comes in and he's trying to tell the Jewish people, the Judaizers who are trying to make everybody Jewish instead of Christian, he's telling them, hey, it's not about following the Mosaic law. You just have to believe in Jesus. That's the whole point of this passage. Does that make sense? So now that we know that, we can get into the story. Y'all ready for this? Okay, hang in with me. Hang in with me. We're going to read a lot. So if you have a Bible with you, you can follow along with me. If not, we came prepared. We have this big fancy screen you can look at and follow along with me. Here's what it says. It says, and the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Paul is spicy. (laughs) Paul's got a little sass in him in this passage. He's like, I don't care what you think. God has no favorites. Let's continue. He says, instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. Y'all hanging in with me? Okay. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, Peter, James and John, who were known as pillars in the church, recognized the gift God had given me and this is if you have a Bible, write this down or highlight it in your phone. And they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. Okay. So what is happening right here? Basically, Paul is telling us that he's met up, he's gotten together with Paul or with Peter and James and all these other church leaders to discuss whether or not people have to become Jewish to be Christian. <laughs> and what they've decided is, no, you don't have to be Jewish to become Christian. And so what that verse was telling us was, hey, we both understand we're preaching the same good news. We're both preaching the same good news. I'm just doing it for the Gentiles, and you're doing it for the Jewish people. And so they're both, they both recognize we're on the same team. And then it says this thing that I, I found interesting when I studied it. And they accepted Barnabas and me as their coworkers. Now, anybody who's, anybody got a job in here? Raise your hand if you got a job. You got coworkers. Um, the word for this, this word co-workers, it's not, it's probably not the way that you think of co-workers. Like when I think of co-workers, like I think about when I had my first job at Chick-fil-A and I did not like my co-workers. Um, it's not like that type of coworker. Peter is not, or Paul is not saying, Peter James, or Peter, James, and John, they're my co-workers. We tolerate each other. That's not what he's saying. That word co-worker is actually translated hand of fellowship. And if you translate it from the Greek, it means this. It means highest expression of personal relationship. So what Paul is telling us is he's saying, hey, we, we're not just like on the same team. We're not just co-workers. Peter's like my dude. Yeah. Paul's letting us know, I'm not just a coworker with this guy. He's like my brother in Christ. Like I'm in relationship with Peter. Does that make sense? He's letting us know, this is my dude. We're on, we're on the same level and we, we stand up for each other. We're tight. And so check this out. Here's what it says. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was to keep, uh, that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. First thing we see in this first half, yes, I said it. We're just halfway through. Y'all okay with that? Yeah. First half, what we see is this is a quality that needs to be in our squad. Squads that win are submitted to the same dream. Yeah. Write that down if you're taking notes. Squads that win are committed to the same dream. And here's the thing. We tend to choose people on our team who are just like us. We, we, we tend to choose people that are just like us. They're into the same things as us. They act the same as us. They affirm the same things as us. We like to get buddy-buddy with the people who aren't going to rub us the wrong way. They're not going to challenge us because it's comfortable. And I get it. That's a, that's a very natural thing to do, to just gravitate towards people who are like you. And it's okay to have people like that that you're in relationship with. But what I love about the connection between Paul and Peter is that they formed this tight bond based upon not what they're interested in. They both had different roles for the ministry. But their tight bond was based upon the dream that they were submitted under. See, Paul understood that Peter's call was to minister to the Jews, and Peter understood Paul's had a different role. He was supposed to minister to the disciples. They didn't find common ground in the thing that they were both interested in. They found common ground in the dream that they were submitted under. They moved past just being friends that just are into the same things to being friends that are trying to build something together. And New Song students, this needs to be a quality that you see in the people that you're building something with. If you were to look at your friends, the closest people in your life, the people that have the most influence in your, on your life, and you ask the question to them, do they have the same dream as me? And by, what I mean by that is, are they submitted to God? Are they submitted to God like you? This is a quality that we need to see in the people that are closest to us. Let's keep going. Y'all hanging in with me? This is where it gets juicy. This is where it gets interesting. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. Whoa. What? Hold on, Paul. I just thought you said that you're like best friends with him and he's your brother in Christ. That is true. But look at this. I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Uh-oh. Somebody say, uh-oh. 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 Spill the tea, Paul. Let's see what happened. Let's see what happens. When he first arrived, he's talking about Peter. Yeah. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism of people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So Peter did something uncool, which we're going to talk about in a second. And Paul confronts him because it wasn't just bad for Peter. He caused a bunch of other people to follow him into this sin. And look at what it says. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all of the others, this is where Peter gets spanked, y'all, I said to Peter and all of the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish tradition? Okay. What's happening in here? I know we just read a lot. Jay, you can throw on the music as we get ready to close. What's happening here in this passage? Early on in church, church looked a lot different than the way we do church now. They didn't have the band, they didn't have the lights, they didn't have the the, the really cool thirty-minute message and then small groups. Church back then it was all around a meal. It was around this thing called the uh, the, the agape feast or the feast of love. And so they would take communion and they would eat together and early early on in the church we see a little bit of discrimination we see a gentile table and we see a jewish table because there were some people who didn't think that gentiles could be christians without following mosaic law and so the gentile table would have pork and all these non-kosher foods and the jewish table would have kosher foods and Peter is at this church service in Antioch, and Peter knows, he knows that it's not the food that makes me a Christian, right? Yeah. That's, Peter, that's Paul's whole goal in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Galatians. And so Peter, at the beginning of this service, he is acting out of the dream that he understands, that anybody can be a Christian as long as they give their life to Jesus. And so he is sitting with the Gentiles. But then somebody shows up, that causes Peter to try and approve or try and live by man's truth instead of God's truth. These people come in who intimidate Peter and he leaves the table of the Gentiles and goes to sit with the Jews. And that might not seem like a big deal, but in that moment, Peter left the dream that he was called to live by. And Paul, who was a brother in Christ, he didn't see that and do what so many of us do with our friends, Can I be real with y'all tonight? He didn't see Peter do this thing and then think to himself, man, Peter's such a hypocrite. I'm going to go tell people about how much Peter's a hypocrite. And I'm going to go gossip about how you don't need to hang out with Peter because he did this bad thing. Something we tend to do with our friends. And you know what else he didn't do? He didn't brush it under the rug, which is something we do with our friends. He didn't say, oh, Peter's heart's probably fine. Like he probably meant well by going to the other table. No, Peter, in, Paul, in this moment, he saw Peter walk away from the dream God's called him to. And so what did he do? He pushed him back. He confronted him. And here's what we need to have in our squad. Squads that win push one another towards the dream. Squads that win aren't afraid to push each other a little bit. Proverbs 27:17 says this, "Iron sharpens iron." And one man sharpens another. You know, sharpening is not a very comfortable thing. There's rubbing and there's friction and it hurts, but that's how you get sharper. And I'm afraid that so many of us in life, we've got tons of friends that we like to be around, but nobody is sharpening us. Nobody's actually pushing us towards the dream. Nobody's coming up to us when we mess up and say, hey, you're better than that. Or when was the last time you did that to one of your closest friends? hey, I love you, man. That's not what God's called you to. Yeah. You're better than that. I wanna push you towards the dream God's called you to. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this. Two people are better than one because they have a good reward for their hard work. This is a warning for us. Look at this. If one falls, the other can help his friend get up. But how tragic it is for the one who is all alone when he falls. There is no one to help him get up. New Song students, do you have, if you were to be 100% honest with yourself and you look at your squad, you look at your crew, do you have people in your life who are going to push you towards God's dream? Do you have people in your life, let's just be real, who you would confess your sin to? or people in your life that you would go to and you would confront them and push them back towards the dream that God's called them to. This is, these are the qualities that God's called us to see in our squad who's trying to build something. Yeah. We're called to be with people who are submitted under the same dream. And guess what? When you're submitted under the same dream, which is under God, I don't have to be afraid to confront you because I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to impress God. I'm trying to live for God. And New Song students, God's called us to be intentional with our, with our squad, with our crew. I wanna invite everybody to bow, our, bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Father God, we thank you so much that you're, you called us to live in relationship. God, I thank you that you called us not to do life alone. But you made us actually, you made us dependent upon you, but also on the people in our corner, the people in our circle. And God, if there's anybody in here tonight, myself included, if there's anybody in here and there are people in our squad, on our team that we've placed on our team, whether it's because of pressure that we need to feel popular or pressure because they're, they're like a family member or whatever. If we've placed somebody on our team because of pressure and they're actually holding us back, would you reveal that to us tonight? And not, not only that, Father God, I pray that you would reveal to us how we can be the Paul to our Peter. I wonder how many of us in this room God's calling us to a deeper level of intimacy with him. And when we walk in that, he calls us to do things that sometimes make us a little uncomfortable, like confronting our friends in love, like pushing our friends in a different direction than they wanna go. And God, if there's anybody in this room tonight and you're calling them to that level of leadership and their friendship, I pray that you would give them boldness. Would you give us boldness, God? We don't have to have all the answers because when we open our mouth, your word says that the Holy Spirit will give us boldness and the words to say. Give us the words to say when it comes to dealing with our friends, God. Lord, I thank you so much for every single student in this room. I thank you for blessing us with friendship, And I pray for every single person here who is, who is hungry for real, deep, and intimate friends who does not have that yet. If you're here tonight and you would say, I want that, I'm lacking in real intimacy and friendship with people in my life. I don't have friends who really know me. If that's you and you would say, I want to ask God for that. Nobody's looking around. Would you be bold and raise your hand and put it back down? I want friends who are gonna have my back. I wanna be that friend. That's awesome. Hands all around. Father God, I pray that you would empower every single one of us to be this kind of biblical friend. Help us to do it, God. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said.